Hey, 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 what's up, Grace Gang? It is your girl Q Kwani coming to you with another episode. So we are going to jump right in it. Um, as you guys know, I have been um going through a healing process. So I told you guys that I would take you along with me, and God has been so amazing. I want to tell you something, honey. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Whoever is listening to this, know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Your strength comes from the joy of the Lord, period. And the joy that God gives you, he says in his Bible that in his word, that no man in the earth can give it to you or take it away. Period, boo. Just can't. So, with that being said, you know, um, healing can also be a joyful process. Because once when you heal, you really start to see things differently. Uh, God gives you a different perspective over things. Um, you overcome things that you thought you would never get over. For instance, a heartbreak will make you feel like I can't take anymore. But once you give that that emotion and that thing that happened to you over to God, he will soon begin to open up your eyes and allow you to see your destiny and allow you to see hope and allow you to see love again and allow you to see um, joy again, that you will laugh again. You know what I'm saying? Like God will provide the water in the desert. He is the God of ages. He is our keeper. He will never allow us to suffer unless you choose to suffer. Unless you choose to stay there, unless you choose to let the heartbreak or whatever, honey, whatever put you in a place where you are no longer allowing God to manifest joy in your life. So, um, I wanted to talk to you guys about. The God that sees me. It's something. Um, it's a phrase that um, Hagar used in the Bible, right? And uh, give you a little bit of background. Um, Hagar was um, an e- Egyptian uh, um, handmaid. Uh, wife, slave, whatever you want to call it. Um, And she was given to Abraham to be his wife by his wife, Sarah. Now, if you try to do this these days around this time, you're going to get your behind whooped. Ain't nobody got time for that. I just wanted to make that uh, disclaimer. Ain't nobody got time. Um... For, for me to be going out and finding somebody else to give to my husband because I can't bear him no children. Um, it's, we gonna just adopt, honey. Ain't nobody got time. But anywho, 
for some reason, Sarah felt bold enough to do that. And, you know, kudos to Sarah, but um, Kwani can't do that. Um, Sarah did, um, you know, she offered Hagar to Abraham um, because she was very saddened that um, she could not bore him a child. She couldn't give him a child. But she did this kind of in a rush um, because the Lord already spoke to Abraham and Sarah about the promise of Abraham becoming the father of many nations and having children. But I believe at that time he had to be like around like 80 something years old. And um, just imagine getting a word from the Lord that you're going to be a father and you're going to have a child at that age. I mean, it's it's comical, like. Come on, God. Like, but that's how God is. Like, <laughs> he got jokes. He got jokes all day. Like, it's some it's some things that he tells me. And I'll be like, God, like, I don't even see that happening. Like, why would you even bring that up? But that's just the kind of God that we serve. Like, he does um, the possible in the impossible. He does the possible in the impossible. So we're going to go down um, in this story um, way past, you know, Hagar getting pregnant, Hagar having the, the son, uh, Ishmael. And uh, so at the so at the beginning, Sarah and Abraham was like super excited about Hagar having their child. You know, at the beginning, Sarah didn't have you know, any threatening feelings about Hagar having a child. She was just like, she just our servant. She our slave. She our, you know, um, she working for us, basically. Like, um, I got that under control. Um, It is what it is. But as the child got older and as she started seeing Abraham, you know, kind of favor this child, you know, she started feeling some type of way. So going down the story, finally God blesses Sarah to get pregnant. And Sarah is having her son, um, Isaac. And so as she bore her son, she started seeing Hagar's son, uh, Ishmael, being a little petty. And, um... He started being petty and mocking um, his father and, you know, you know, just doing stuff that Sarah was like, uh-uh, um, ain't nobody got time. You're not going to disrespect me, my husband, in his house. You know, we're we not going to do that. Um, you and your mama can go. So that that's, um, <laughs> that's what Sarah said. Sarah was like, you and... Your mama can go. Like, I, I don't have time. I have my son now. I have my son with my husband. This is blood. This is my flesh. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got time. I know I did um, want you to have his son. And y'all did that. You, you served your purpose. Um, Now it's time to go. Because I feel like you getting a little, um, you getting a little, you smelling yourself. You, you feel like you can, you know, you know, you can say little things around him, but you can't. And I feel like your son getting a little, you know, um, big headed because he know he got my my husband's blood in his little system or whatever. So now he feeling like he can make moves and stuff. No, it ain't gonna happen. Um, you and your son can leave, right? I feel bad for Darren Hagar. You know, I really did. When every time I read this story, I just be like, dang, that's messed up because 
Can you imagine the heartbreak that you feel when, first of all, you get celebrated. You get celebrated. You're the, you're the promise at that time. You're helping this couple out. They are coming to you. You didn't ask for this. Okay. It ain't like Hagar went to Sarah and was like, look, boo, I understand you can have no child. Look, I'll do it for you. Pay me some money. I'll be your surrogate. It wasn't like that. You see what I'm saying? So it's like at that time, Hagar felt like she was doing them a favor. So she got praised for doing that favor for them. She was looked upon as a blessing instead of a curse. So as time moved on and as Sarah got what she wanted, now all of a sudden Hagar is the enemy. Now all of a sudden she get treated bad. Hagar was so like heartbroken and frustrated that she went to the wilderness and she went to pray to God and she sobbed and she cried. And she was just like in that state of rejection, that heartbreak. And she was like, Lord, like you are the God that sees me in the midst of all of this. How many times have y'all had to pray? I can raise my hand at this, honey. When you felt like nobody in the world seen your hurt, nobody in the world seen your circumstances, nobody understood your heartbreak. Have you ever felt like you've been in that, that, that motion where like somebody will say, oh, you know, I understand how you feel. I went through a divorce myself or I understand how you feel. I lost my mother myself. And you like, no, you don't. It's impossible. You can't feel what I feel. You can't feel what I, you didn't love my mother the way that I loved my mother. You didn't love my husband the way that I love my husband. You loved your husband. So you, you, you can't feel what I feel. But the only person that I know who can feel the pain that I feel has to be God himself. The God that sees me. The God that sees my heart beyond what the natural eye could see or feel. So Hagar knew the assignment. She knew how to handle heartbreak at that moment. She knew how to handle rejection. She didn't, she didn't, um, lash back at Sarah. You know I mean, she could have gave Sarah the business. She could have, she could have, you know, uh, matched their energy. But she went to God. She went to God and she prayed about that situation. And that is where we have to understand that when God takes us through a rejection or he takes us through heartbreak or he takes us through things that are just you know, unfortunately, things that we have to go through the life for God to, you know, um, to build our character, um, to to strip us of things that we struggle with our lives. Because heartbreak doesn't just come by itself. It comes with other layers. I'm noticing now as I mature in God that when things like this show up in my life, it's actually time for me to ask God, what is it that you want me to know right now? What is it about me that you're trying to correct? Or what is it about me that I need to see? My eyes have been closed this whole entire time. Are you going to open up my eyes? Are you going to take the scales off of my eyes for me to see what I need to see at this moment? So at this time, Sarah goes to Abraham and is like, listen, I know I gave you um, Hagar. And I know, you know, that. She has your offspring, but now I have your offspring. 
So the time has come that I need you to get Hagar and your son out our house. So once Sarah said what she said, Abraham, he was very discouraged. Listen, I want people to understand this. Abraham was not like a do boy. He was not like, okay, sure, whatever. You know, you're my wife, so I'm going to do it. No, he was displeased. He was heartbroken. Not because of the woman, but because of his son. This is his son that he has to send off because of what has happened, what has taken place. He was heartbroken. So he did what his wife told him to do. He sent out the son and Hagar. And he gave them water and food. And the only reason why he did this too, I'm going to back up a little bit. The only reason why he did that is because God spoke to Abraham and said, do as your wife say. It's fine. Do what your wife say. But I promise you this. As I promise you that you will be a father of different nations, your son will be a leader over a nation. I got him, Abraham. You don't have to worry about your offspring. He is going to be all right. The woman is going, your son will take care of his mother. God was giving him a promise. That's the only reason why Abraham moved the way that he did. It wasn't because Sarah had gave him a demand. It was literally because he went to seek God. That's what God wants us doing. When people are trying to make us make decisions in our life, we have to go and consult with God. We have to pray. We have to ask him, what is, what is it that you want me to do? So as um, so Abraham went and he gave um, them water and food and he sent them out into the desert, into the wilderness of Beersheba. I want you guys, whenever you have a chance to look at everything that transpired in the wilderness of Beersheba, it is most of the things that transpired in that wilderness, in that area, um, was someone meeting with the presence of the Lord. <laughs> it really was. And 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 um, so it's so crazy that Isaac and, and Hagar was sent out. I mean, Ishmael, I think it was Ishmael. Ishmael was sent out to, um, to the wilderness of Beersheba. And as Hagar is getting sent out to the wilderness, she doesn't understand that she's also getting sent out to be in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes... We don't understand why certain things happen in our life or why our heart had to be broken or why we had to go through this persecution, the betrayal, whatever the case may be, right? But we don't understand that God is pulling something out of us to be in the presence of him. So it sometimes look very hard at the beginning of in the wilderness. You feel like, why me at this time? The water was gone out of the skin that 
Abraham sent out with Hagar and her son, right? They ran out of food. And at this time, Hagar has given up hope. She has given up hope. All her joy is gone. Her son is becoming weak and lethargic. He's, he's, he has no more water. They are in the wilderness. She doesn't see any hope right now. So what does she does in the midst of, of this feeling of rejection, you know, hurt? She, you got to understand, she just came from a king, basically, a man who had food, water, shelter to be sent out with nothing over something that she did for them. Like you're punishing me for something that you asked for. So at this moment, she sent out into the wilderness. And I want to make this a point to let you know that sometimes at the beginning, when you are put out in the wilderness and you're to face your your issues, your emotions, your heartbreak, your, your sadness, your anger, whatever it is that you're facing, it does not feel good. It's actually hard. But you got to push through that stage because God wants to reveal himself to you. So at this moment, Hagar is in the, she's in the midst of this wilderness and she ran out of water and her son is becoming weak. So she, she's like, I can't do it anymore. So she went to sit by, to sit down and she puts her son under a shed of a tree. Because she feels like he's going to die. So she departed from him. Because she did not want to see her son die. At this point, she's given up. She said, let me not look on the death of my child. So she turned the opposite way. And as she turned the opposite way. She lifted up her voice and she cried and she wept. And God himself heard the voice of the boy who was also crying, who also wept. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what's the matter? What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Get up. Get up from that place of, 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 of hopelessness. Get up from that place of giving up. Give up from that place because I know that your heart is hurting. I know that you feel rejected. I know that you feel like you went through something that was unfair. But fear now, because God has heard your cry. Says, up, get up, lift up the boy and hold him up with your hand. For I will make him into a great nation. God is coming to you in the midst of your heartbreak. He's coming to you in the midst of your despair to allow you to understand that there is a promise. There is a promise that is still to be made. 
That is what the enemy wants to take from you in the midst of a heartbreak. He wants you to give up. He wants you to not go for your dreams. He wants you to not see that there is hope. Not only that, not only that, he wants to put a a blindness over the hope that is in your future. Because Hagar sat there and she gave up hope. But then when the angel of God came to her, then God said to her, open your eyes. And then she was able to see that there was a well of water. And she went and she began to run to the water and she felt she filled up the bottle of skin that she had before that ran out. And she went to her son and had him drink of the water. Listen. Sometimes we are faced with things and we are in the wilderness. And when we give up, we don't fight enough. We give up in the midst of the time. It's like you ever wonder why so much things happen to you at a certain time. It's because that is the plan of the enemy to put blindness in your sight for you to not continue to go forward and see the water that has already been placed before you. He doesn't want you to have strength. He doesn't want you to to look at your future as something great. Listen, one monkey ain't going to stop no show. One issue, one heartbreak, one betrayal, one, one nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Period. Period. So God told her to open up your eyes. I want to tell you today, open up your eyes, open up your eyes and your hearts. As she went, she went and she fed the boy and the boy drank and God was with the boy and the boy grew up and he lived in the wilderness. Come on, listen, God still had him in the wilderness And he had to be trained in the wilderness to become an expert in the bow. And his mother found him a wife in the land of Egypt. And he became a great leader. Isn't it something that Ishmael went to the wilderness to die? But God's hand was upon him. And even in the wilderness, he became trained in what God promised him, the leadership. So he was getting trained in the wilderness for a promise that God has given him. The things that you pray for, the things that the promise that God has for you, sometimes it may not come easy. Sometimes you have to train in the wilderness in order to get the promise and trust me by the time the promise come you have already become an expert in what he has ordained for your life so I'm gonna leave it there I'm not gonna go into much of it I hope that you understand that the main thing that I want you to understand is that God sees you God hears you and The wilderness is not always a bad place. It might be the place where God opens up your eyes and you begin to see life differently. 
It may be the place where God is strengthening your character, taking things off of you that you can't take to the next level. It might be the place where he is grooming you to become an expert in whatever it is so that you can live abundantly in the promised land. Do not be discouraged. Do not feel like he has forgotten you. God sees you. God sees you just as he's seen Hagar and her son in the wilderness. He hears your cries. He understands your hurt. He understands your hurt. You may not feel like other people understand it, but God understands your hurt and he will come and rescue you. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I love you. And until next time, I will talk to you later. May the peace of God and the joy of God be with you this day. Amen. Love you. Bye.